segue. I can open my Bible. I can get ready. If you have your Bibles, find Matthew. We're going to be there in just a few minutes. It's awesome. That's good. Hey, listen, I loved what I saw on TV this week. There's a lot of times I don't like what I see on TV. Are you with me? It's depressing sometimes, is it not? It's confusing. But I love what I saw this week. Footballs begin to fly through the air as training camp opened for the NFL teams. Amen. In fact, tomorrow, footballs will be flying here in Bernie, Texas and Comfort and other surrounding high schools as well as football teams go back to the field and start, start throwing around piece of pigskin. And I love football season, but, 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 uh, I, I loved hearing the interviews and you know that whenever they interview, um, teams that they oftentimes go and they interview the person who's, well, the, the, just the, the, the face of the team or the club or the guy whose name is called the most, maybe the guy with the biggest contract. Oftentimes we know that's the quarterback, right? Or, or maybe a star running back or a wide receiver, you know. Uh, but, but it's oftentimes it's those guys that are getting the, the interview time. The cameras are on them. Well, well oftentimes what you, what you don't find are, 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 are the guys that make those guys look so good, right? Uh, when's the last time you really saw a, a, a TV personality sit down and interview an offensive lineman? Oh, lineman, that's what we call them. The OL, offensive lineman. These big brutes, you know, that, that are on the, their names aren't oftentimes called unless there's a flag thrown. Holding, number six, you know, then their name is called and, and it's, it's quite embarrassing. I, I saw something this week while I was watching um, uh, NFL training camp. It took place at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers training facility. And, 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 and there was actually an injury that took place during practice. They're, they're starting center. And, and I was reminded by, by my football guru, Mr. Wikipedia himself, Jason Carson, that it's the center that he's the only player on the field that, that, that touches the ball every play and that's it. Yeah. Something else like that. I can't even remember now. But, but, but as I was watching this, 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 you know, live the center of Tampa Bay hurt his knee this week and it shows the cart coming up, picking him up and players around. And as the cart leaves the field, the last player standing there that was huddled around him was, oh yeah, TB number 12 himself, Tom Brady. He's all right. He's a pretty good player. Maybe you've heard his name. Maybe you know him better because of who he's married to, but, but he's all right. 45 year old quarterback, still just slinging it, making a doing a great job. He's standing there and you could see from his demeanor how saddened he was by that. Some of you say, but it's just a center. It's just an offensive lineman, bro. They've got a lot of other beefcakes that they just throw up in there and guys that can protect, but he understood the significance of what was happening. He understood that even that center, that offensive lineman was a big deal. He was needed. He's, he's an all pro by the way, center. And he's hurt out for several weeks, maybe the season, right? I, I, I remember as I was getting ready and, and watching that, I remember a story years ago when, you remember when the Cowboys were good? You remember that? Uh, wait, wait a minute, yeah. Um, but I remember years ago when Emmett Smith, I believe, won his first rushing title. You remember Emmett Smith? Come on, man, those were the days, were they not? Let's just pray right now for... I remember when he won the, the rushing title 
This might have been the first time he, he won the rushing title. And, and I remember hearing the story how Emmett Smith acknowledged that he, his success on the field was because of those guys whose names oftentimes aren't called out, who, who, who's, you know, whose names aren't, you know, recognized, whatever. But he, Emmett Smith that year, he won the rushing title, bought all of his offensive linemen Rolex watches. Isn't that awesome? That is so cool. He, he, he's acknowledging this, this running back from Florida, you know, from the swamp, Gator Nation, you know, realizes that his success and he won the rushing title, not because necessarily of, of all of his skills, but it's because of those guys up front that no one ever notices or recognizes. Hey, Emmett Smith would tell you if we were interviewing him today and we called him, but he was busy, you know, playing golf or something like that. But, but uh, he, he, he would tell you that his success, that, that he needed those guys up front to open up holes, make a way so that he could scat through and what have you. T today, as we continue in this series of, 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 of things that, that are on a whiteboard in my office, I, I, I want you to catch this truth today. This is our whiteboard message. You are needed. Yeah. Emmett Smith, Tom Brady, any quarterback or running back that's worth their salt would understand and tell you that in this thing of football, this game of football, that those offensive linemen, even though none of you know their names, they're needed. And I want you to know something today that in this thing called the world in which all of us are citizens of, you are needed. There is a contribution for you to make. You, you are a difference maker. That's how heaven sees you. Now you need to know that there's an enemy that's out to steal, kill and destroy the devil himself, right? John 10, 10, right? He's a thief. He's trying to keep you from hearing this message right now. But I want you to know that when God looks down upon you, listen, there is a contribution for every one of you in this room to make today. Are we okay so far? Come on. There's a difference for you. Listen, you hear us say this time and time again. If you're still breathing, God's not finished with you. If I'm not dead, then he's not done. Okay. There's still something that he wants to do in you and through you. There's a contribution to make. Look at your neighbor right now. So now he's talking about me. I'm pretty important. Go ahead and tell him right now. Come on, brag a little bit. It's all right. It's all right. Now, don't be getting a big ego, but no, listen, I want all of us to understand today you are needed. God doesn't have to have us, does he? Did Jesus need 12 disciples to really do what he came to do? No, but he chose them. Jesus chose those disciples. He chose them, invited them to come and be a part of fulfilling his father's business. And check this out. That has not changed today. That heaven is still calling you and I as believers in Christ to step into his work and be a part of making a difference in the world around us. John F. Kennedy said this one day, and my wife reminded me earlier that his wife, Jacqueline, actually wrote this. But there's a quote by John F. Kennedy that says this, one person can make a difference and everyone should try. I want you to know that one person can make a difference and every one of us should try. And so today I want to wake us up church. I want you to understand that God's not finished with you. I want you to know that in all the different arenas of life in which he's placed you, the neighborhoods you live in, the schools that you attend, the jobs that you have, listen, God has placed you there. 
Not just to exist, not just to occupy space, but I believe that he's placed you there to make a contribution and to make a difference. You are needed. Can we look at the word of God today? Anybody afraid of the Bible? Do you believe it? Do you read it? Did you bring it? Ah, there we go. Amen. Raise that loud and proud. Let's go. Hey, it's okay. I know that's okay. You got something, technology or something. We're going to put it on the screens. We don't want you to miss the word of God. So that's why we always make it available for you today. We're not religious and feeling like, ah, you're doomed if you didn't bring it. But we want you to see the word of God. And we want you, you to, to, to not only get this in, but we want this to become a part of who you are, right? It'll make a difference. This is a game changer. Are you okay with that? We're going to look at Matthew chapter five. Matthew's in, in the New Testament of the Bible. For those of you that may not know, the Bible is basically broken down into two main sections. The Old Testament, which basically talks about history before Jesus comes. The New Testament starts in Matthew, about midway through your Bible, birth of Jesus, and basically talks about what Jesus was all about in the first four books in the New Testament. And then it talks about how we can live as a result of what Jesus was all about. It's a great read. Number one bestseller. You ought to get one and read it. Matthew chapter five, Jesus is preaching what we call the Sermon on the Mount. Probably one of the greatest sermons ever preached. It's so good it took three chapters in Matthew, chapters five through seven. Jesus is sitting on the hillside around the Sea of Galilee and, and, and he is preaching and sharing spiritual truths with people. I, I, I love it. In fact, I would just let you know that, that I would love to take you to where this sermon took place. Just a little plug real quick. Next April, end of April through the first part of May, we're gonna be going to Israel and I'd love to take you and show you this very place. Just a little plug. I just wanted to get that out there. About $4,500 a person you can ask for Christmas. I mean, it's just, it's, you, more to come, more to come. But I just wanna whet your appetite a little bit right there, okay? Matthew chapter five, Jesus has got a group of people gathered around him. His disciples are there. Yes, these 12 that he's chosen. But there are some other people that have already begun to hear stories about this rabbi. This, this one from Nazareth. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Yeah, and these people are flocking to hear him now, right? They're hearing him preach. And Jesus says these words to them beginning in verse 13 of Matthew five. Jesus says this, you're the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor. Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. He says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, Jesus says, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Jesus was an incredible teacher and he oftentimes used uh, modern day items or imagery that the people could understand. We know that he oftentimes spoke in parables. Parables were, were stories that Jesus would use to to. To, to reveal a, a spiritual truth of some sort. And, and it's even in this one today that, that Jesus is, he, he uses a couple of things that just bear with me. I'm not an artist. 
Uh, I'm a preacher. Some of you would even question that. That's okay. Um, God knew my faults and all my junk and funk, and he still called me to do this. I'm going to write salt. So you, that's a salt shaker. Actually, that's like the big can of salt that you get to kind of refill your little pretty fancy salt shakers. You know, they're in copper and things like that. Why? Why? Just give me the, anyway, Jesus says that we are to be the salt of the earth. Now salt, when he says salt, that means something to his listeners here in Matthew five. Salt was a big deal to them. Salt was, was, this was back, you, you know, they didn't have refrigerators when Jesus was around. And so they would use salt to, to keep food from spoiling, right? Now, we like some salt because we know salt brings flavor to life, right? We love that. Come on, you know, a French fry is better with a little salt on it. And I don't care if you use that pink salt, the big kerneled salt, whatever, just Morton's, whatever it is. You know, salt brings things to life and just make things taste better, right? Hey, come on, church. I'm going to tell you something like this, too. Hey, when we're living as salt in our community, we make life better for people. But anyway, we'll get more to that in just a second. Hang in. Spoiler alert. Hang in there with me, okay? But salt Salt was a big deal. It preserved their food. It kept it from spoiling. Salt was so important that oftentimes Rome would pay their soldiers as commerce. They would give them salt to pay them. We, we, we know that salt was, was necessary even in, in healing. By the way, if, uh, we're going to go to Israel next end of April in the first part of May. We're going to go to something called the Dead Sea. We're going to float in. I never believed that it would hold a big old boy like me. Listen. My mom just says I'm big boned, okay? But I never thought that the Dead Sea could hold me. Seriously, you float like a bobber. Anyway, it was absolutely incredible. Salt can bring healing, right? It heals things. You get in that cuts or heal. It's absolutely incredible. We know that salt is pretty important, not just with French fries and seasoning and the foods we eat. Hey, you remember Snowmageddon? Y'all remember actually when precipitation fell from our sky here in the hill country? You remember the good old days? You remember that, right? You, you, you could throw that salt. Salt is so, such a bad man, Jimmy. You could throw salt out and actually melt that stuff. You know what I'm talking about? So powerful. Just boom, pack a punch, man. It will melt that stuff, you know? That's how awesome salt is. And so when Jesus is sharing with these listeners in Matthew 5, hey, you're the salt of the earth. He's wanting them to understand something. You're important. You're a big deal. You, 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 you have something to give that the world needs. Hey, church, 2022, can I tell you something? Matthew 5 has not changed. We are the salt of the earth and there is something that we have that the world is in need of. It's the truth. But Jesus wants to remind his listeners as well, something that they were probably quite familiar with also, that salt can lose its saltiness. It can lose its flavoring, right? You ever had some salt that has sat in a container for a long time and, and it won't even come out? moisture's got to it. Some of y'all's got some stuff growing in it, some amoeba and things like that. You, you know, okay, I made that up, but you know what I'm talking about. Salt can lose. And, and Jesus said, Hey, we need to be careful because you guys know that if salt loses its flavoring, its saltiness, your meat's going to spoil. Things are going to die. Hey church, can I tell you something without us as salt of Jesus Christ in our culture, people are dying without hope. He wanted his listeners to understand and know, hey, salt brings healing, but if it's lost its flavoring and its saltiness, listen, it's not going to bring healing. Come on, church, are you with me? 
Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Right? But he's reminding them. Listen, if you lose your saltiness, if you lose your flavoring, if you lose what you were created for, you're good for nothing. I think that message for us today might go something like this. For the believer in Jesus Christ, who has lost its saltiness, the relationship and this growing, thriving relationship with Christ, and, 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 and you're not doing anything with, with what he's given you, you're not adding any value to the world around you. I, I, I'm just trying to be honest. But listen, we, we, we're, we're called salt and, and God has placed us in, in our culture. And listen, does our world not need us? Listen, I, I didn't just watch football all week, but I saw images of, of, of unrest. I saw people that are hurting. I, I saw flooding throughout Kentucky. Do y'all remember what rain is? These people, we can't get a, a morsel of it, a droplet, but, but so many people were faced devastation this week. Our world needs the body of Jesus Christ to be salt. You, you know what else about salt? It's, you see what I did here? That's kind of salt coming out. But salt is never intended just to sit on our cabinets and counters and, and, and look pretty. Salt is meant to be shaken out of the shaker. If we're not careful, we can think that this shaker is all that we exist for as believers in Jesus Christ. That it's okay just to sit and soak. That it's okay just to make sure that our doctrine and our theology are correct. And, and that is all we need. Just preacher, just, just take me deeper. I'm telling you, you want to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ, get out of the salt shaker and go live for him in the community in which he's placed you. That's where you were created to be. But so many today, in fact, I hate to say it, but even so many of us sitting here listening today, we're going to be content. Just say, you know what? I went to church Sunday. No difference. I believe God brought you here to give you a little something to now send you out to make a contribution in our community. Amen. We're going to go live for him this week. And I'm going to challenge you that spoiler alert. You're going to get that in about 17 minutes. Okay. This is not why we're here just to simply exist, to sit and soak. Salt needs to get out of the shaker to go and do what it's created to do. Some of y'all need to do that as well today. There's something in you that our community needs. Will you let heaven shake you out a little bit? Hey, there, there, there's something that the house of God needs that you can contribute. We'll get to that in a second too. Je Jesus also told them not only you salt of the earth, but oh, this is really bad. He, he also says that you are the light of the world. This is kind of oh, light bulb. Okay. Are y'all with me? Okay. I don't. That's, that's really bad. That's okay. You ought to try to do this. These lights are awful. It's just hard. It messes with the person, but, but Jesus says you're the light of the world. Now listen, all of you understand, Hey, where do you put lights? Dark places. You put lights in dark places. I had church this morning at the Dippin' Dots counter this morning about 745. No, it wasn't because I was already eating and consuming packages of those little round droplets from heaven. But, 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 but I had a young man in our church come and say, Hey, you know, I've got this job in which, um, you know, I drive a lot, but I, but I'm, I'm trying to, to be a light for the Lord in, in other people's lives. I'm trying to, to lead them and to Jesus and witness to them. And, 
in, in all that. I know it's a lot of work and distance, but, but I just feel like God's, and you know what? That's exactly right. You know, we can make much ado about the schools we attend, the jobs we have, the neighborhoods in which we live in, but, but, but maybe have you ever thought that God has placed you there to shine his light, right? To shine his light. But Jesus wanted his listeners here in Matthew 5 to understand that, hey, when, when, when you light something up, you, you, you don't hide it. Hide it under a bush. Oh, no. I'm going to. See, you know that. You, you, you remember that from Vacation Bible School, do you not? You, we, 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 we know that, that, that you, you put a light on a stand so that it can shine and illuminate darkness. Hey, listen, darkness is not greater than the light. Try it. Try when you get home today. You, you, it's in the dark. Flip a switch, light a match or something. Turn your phone on and just watch how the light dispels the darkness. See, darkness comes when light refuses to shine. And maybe, just maybe, our world is so dark because we, as the light, are refusing to let our light shine. We're hiding it under a bush. Jesus said, oh no, don't you go. Mm -mm. You put that light on a stand so that it can shine. Wow. Shine the light. Be the light. Every one of us who are in Jesus Christ. Listen, we, 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 we are called to be the light. 1910, our, 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 our tagline here as a church is, we are a church for the city. Listen, if you're new here, just kind of checking us out. First of all, thank you for coming today. But you need to know that, that God gave us a vision to start this church um, about 16 years ago. And God didn't call me to plant a church. He called me to influence the city. There's a difference there. I'm not here to build a kingdom. We have 30 acres and praise God, he's blessed us with that. Amen. This is all paid for too. We owe nothing. We owe nothing. It's paid for. But God called us here to influence the city, to be salt and light. That's why we're here. Hey, we, we, we want you to come and partner with us in this kingdom building. We, we, we are looking for ministry partners that, that will help us influence this city in which God has placed us in. So there's work for us to do here, but, but, but not only in our city, but, but check this out. Also, there's also something for us, a difference to make a contribution to make even within this thing called the church, right? <laughs> Remember that too. Here's the church. Here's the steeple open door and there's the people. Seems like today it goes like this. Here's the church. Here's the steeple open door. And where's the people? Okay. Different sermon. <laughs> Maybe another white book. There's a contribution for us to make, not only in our communities. And, and, and what does that look like? Well, may, maybe for you, it's, I already mentioned, in your school. Okay? And, and, and by the way, we'll probably talk more about this next week. I'll probably have Pastor Mark Sarbulescu, our high school pastor, middle school pastor. He's going to come out. He's going to pray it down. As, uh, there's something. Back to school bash is coming up, and I don't know what that means, but evidently it has something to do with this. Hey, Paris, can I encourage you with something this year? Hey, can we not be people that gripe? and complain and bellyache, but can we be people that pray for our schools? Listen, if, if, if you got a problem with school, hey, go volunteer. Hey, uh, if you got a problem with what's happening in the education system and hey, go get your degree and start teaching. Okay. Um, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sometimes my flesh just wells up within me and, and I just get a little Holy discontent. Amen. Uh, wh wh what about work? Oh man, work, work, work. Yeah. I don't like it. Well, maybe God's placed you there to shine his light, right? So th these are things our neighborhood, 
right? Oh man, our gated community, our gate's broken. First world issues, right? Come on. We get all bent out of shape, you know, that HOA, I don't know what comes to mind, but we're in church. Don't say it out loud, but you know, we just, listen, God has planted us here to be salt and light in our community, but he's also planted us here in our, in this church to make a difference as well. Hey, can you just, Hey, just go with me for, can we go somewhere just to make Sunday happen? I'm just thinking, what does it take to just make this happen on Sunday? Well, we, we have, we had some people that opened up the building and turned the lights on. Thank you facilities team. And, And by the way, the facilities look incredible. Do they not? Come on. Yeah. You try to maintain 30 acres. Some of y'all can't even mow your own little front yard. We got 30 acres we're trying to maintain around here, you know? Um, uh, we had people park cars today, set out cones. I loved it. Man, you need to know when I come in, I'm coming in hot like a NASCAR. I'm Jeff Gordon coming in, bro, and just NASCAR. They, they parked us safely. I didn't see any people laying out, no blood drawn as we parked our cars. Come on, parking lot people. Hey, some of you were greeted today. Hey, were you greeted? Hey, did, did people make you feel like you were special and, and that you were welcomed here? If, if you didn't, hey, see me afterwards. I'll be in the garage and, and I, will, I will take care of somebody's business if they, if they were. We shouldn't be rude to each other in the house of the Lord. This ought to be the friendliest place. This ought to be a no judgment zone. We ought to be tickled pink when we see somebody walk into the house of the Lord, right? We have greeters. Hey, we have, oh, I love this. We have baristas. I'm going to put dots because y'all know what I'm talking about out there. They're called those dipping. Yeah. I love that. I love, we, we, we've had people that, uh, oh, aren't you thankful for our sound and lights? Yeah. We had some, we had some people that use their musical skills today. You know, 1910's got talent. Amen. Uh, we, hey, oh, oh man, we got people right now that are working with kids. Come on. Can we give it up for kids ministry right now? You ought to all be clapping. If you're not thankful for kids ministry, check this out. We're going to cancel it and start bringing them in here and let you sit with those little devils. I mean, like those two children. Just kidding. They're, they're, kids are a blessing from the Lord. I think the Bible says that. But let's just be honest. They get on our nerves sometimes. Just kidding. No, I love them. I love them. I could go on and on and on. But guys, listen, this is, this is just what it takes to make Sundays happen. And check this out. I'm so grateful that this is a church that believes that the pastor can't do all this or the paid staff. Listen, uh, it takes a lot to make this happen. In order for us to be salt and light, even in our community, listen, it can't fall on the pastor. It can't fall on just a certain few. Guys, it's going to require all of us. There's a contribution for you to make. There's a difference you can make. In fact, I love what it says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter something. What is it? 12, 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. Look what it says. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Check this out. Every one of you have been given something, a gift. And you've been given that gift, not so that you can just sit on it and hoard it. We are hoarders way too much in the house of God. We need to be using our gifts. Give it away. Give it away, right? Look what it says in Ephesians chapter four, verse 16. It says this. It says, he makes the whole body. How much of the body? The whole body. If it's the whole body fit together to do these things, why is it just 20% of our people that are doing the work then? 
Why is it just, if, if, if there's a kingdom vision of finding and restoring and building the kingdom, why is it just 20% of the people? No, it says he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Listen, it's not just a few people that can pull this off in these arenas. Guys, it takes every one of us in this room. You're needed. There's a contribution for you to make. There's a difference that God wants to do through you in our city and in this house. All of, have you ever had a part of your body immobilized where you couldn't use it? You, you broke an arm or hand or it's just a little pinky toe or whatever, but, or something, or maybe you, you, you don't hear so well. Listen, you know that when something's immobilized and you can't use it, it does have an effect on you, does it not? It, it is a setback in some form or fashion to you physically. Hey, I, I just look at the body of Christ and wonder, why aren't we doing more things in kingdom building? Why, why, why are we not healthier in the church? You know why? Because we've got so many of us here listening today. We're immobilized. We're not doing anything. Not doing anything. We're, we're not functioning and using these gifts that, that Paul writes about in 1 Corinthians 12 that God's given us. Hey, God's given those to you. And he's given them to you so you're going to toot your own horn. He's given them to you to build the kingdom, to make a difference in our city. To build the kingdom of God, serve in the house. I just want to let you know today, spoiler alert, as you leave here today, there's an opportunity for you to get connected and serve in some form or fashion in this house. And I want to encourage you, hey, listen, we need you. We, 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 we want to be healthy. We want to be all that God has for us. But it's going to require, as it says here in Ephesians 4, the whole body. Use your gifts. Use your gifts. God's given them to you. Mama, you said yes to Jesus. Listen, he placed you within this thing called the church. And he wants to use you to build the kingdom of God. Look what Ephesians 2.10 says. For we are God's masterpiece. Oh, come on, right there. We can stop right there. Come on, you're worth something. You're God's masterpiece. I know that the culture says you're too slow, you're too old, you're washed up, you're retired, or you're too young, you don't know enough, you don't have the degree, you don't have the diploma on the wall. Come on, you made a poor choice last night, you stayed out too late, you shouldn't have watched that. Or Listen, listen. the world would tell us that we're, we're, we're insignificant and we're not worth anything. You're just a bunch of junk. But Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's masterpiece. Bro, you're Picasso. You're worth something. We're God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus. Aren't you thankful that God makes you new? The old things pass away and all things become new. Come on, somebody. Aren't you thankful for Jesus and salvation? Golf clap. All right. Thanks. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Hey, who planned for you to make a difference? God did. Hey, who planned on you making a contribution? It's not the pastor up here and setting up a serving opportunity. No, no. God's expecting you to make a difference. God's expecting you to contribute. He doesn't create masterpieces to just sit and soak and sit around and get fat, lazy, let somebody else do it. He creates masterpieces to put on display. Ooh, mwah. He wants to show off through you. 
He planned for you to do so many things for his glory, not yours. Listen, now we're, we're not talking about you doing things so that you receive fame and recognition. Listen, I, I just got can I just, can I just preach a little bit for just a second? We had a great church in our community a couple of weeks ago, did something really nice in our city. Uh, Pastor Mitch Rose and Pastor Brandy at City Hills Church giving out gasoline for people. Come on, that's what Jesus would do. But here, here's what rubs me raw. Christian people saying, I, the church needs to quit bragging about and touting that they weren't touting themselves. They're pointing people to Jesus. And I'm just telling you, Jesus would meet people's needs. If a camel needed shoeing back in the day, he probably would provide the shoe for it. How do we get all bent out of shape? I know Pastor Mitch and Pastor Brandy. I know their heart. They just want to be Jesus in their city and meet the needs of people. They do. They lead by example. But listen, we don't do this for our own recognition. But we do it as Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5. Let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds. People are going to notice the good things we do but it points them to our Father in heaven. He gets the glory and the honor and the praise. Are you with me right now? Hey, stand up with me, if you don't mind. We're, we're, we're gonna leave, we're gonna sing a song. Can, can we sing a song? Listen, we're gonna sing a song, but before we do, I wanna just go ahead and, go ahead and roll that intro for me because we got a long intro. Let's, we're gonna sing a song that talks about making room for God, but I'm gonna read these words over you in 1 Peter 2, verses nine through 12. You are chosen by God. You're chosen for the high calling of priestly work. You're chosen to be a holy people. You're God's instruments to do his work and, and to speak out to, for him, to, to tell others about this night and day difference that he's made for you. He's brought you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Can we make some room right now for him to come and to fill us and do through us what he wants to do.